0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Living Electric. We are in a different setup today.
1: Yes, Very different setup. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, we're here in my living room. <laughs> We've got uh, Brandon Tyler in town today, so we're shooting a video podcast here on the couch. A little more casual episode, um, but my fiance Mallory's with us. Uh, First time podcast guest. And Tyler is with us as well. Second time podcast guest, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. I think okay. third, third. Third time. Okay. Yes
1: we got to remember to pass the mics around, too. So we've only got two mics, yes. and I've attached them to wooden kitchen utensils. So this is we're doing the best we can here on our low budget, so make sure you buy some merch. Yes, yes, definitely.
2: <laughs>
1: so I don't think we have a ton planned for topics today. We figured we'd have both Tyler and Mallory on the podcast to talk about their views on electric vehicles, I guess, because they're kind of... I feel like you two aren't as in deep as we are. So. (laughs) Tyler is. I am. He's, yeah. 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 (laughs) You're getting there. So, first question for both of you, and we'll pass the mics around. Would you be as interested in electric vehicles as you are right now if it weren't for both me and Brandon?
2: No. (laughs) I'll say yes. Um,. Because when I worked... Oh, here. Oh, yep. Right here. Not too close. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to lick it. I'll say yes, only because um, throughout my time in college, I actually worked for a uh, BMW dealership. So I was actually there for the launch of the i3 and the i8 whenever it came out from 2015 to 2017. So I was pretty involved with dealership with car launches. Um I've always had, I don't know, my dream car to this day is still the original Tesla Roadster. Mm. Too expensive, but I would love one. True. But I would say I I love cars regardless, so I feel like I would still be interested.
3: That's fair. Mallory? I don't know how to expand on no, honestly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're not into cars as much.
3: I'm really not. I I had a truck as my first car, and... I'm planning on getting another truck, given it is a Lightning, but that's kind of what I always, thats was my, the farthest interest I had into cars, so.
0: I do, I do have a question, because we did talk about this as we were prepping for today's episode, and that audio probably sounded really bad there, but can you guys give us a little bit of information about, like, what you guys do professionally, and how that could tie into, like, EV planning, especially, like, charging stations and parking lots?
1: Yeah, parking lots. Yeah.
3: parking lots is me (laughs) so i am a civil engineer and i do site design at my company so basically all we do is the architect will give us the layout of where they want the building and then if they have a parking lot design sometimes they'll give us that too and we figure out where all the utilities need to go, how to get everything to the building, how to conform to all the codes and everything for whatever city, county you're in. And then we give you the plan set with all of that information on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And have you, have you like ran into like any planning that has involved EV charging? Like, or is that something that's been discussed? Personally,
3: um, my boss, my boss's boss does have a Tesla, um, and my, direct boss he's got a plug-in hybrid so they're both like very aware of charging situations yeah. which is it's very nice because they actually like understand when someone wants to put in chargers that's one of our other projects one of my coworkers was working on it um they wanted to just like plop them down the farthest away from the building and my boss was like you have to get electric to that you know that right like this this is a utility <laughs> so it was good to at least have that base level of understanding and then he can talk to me about it and be like listen here listen what they wanted to do <laughs> so it is nice in that context and i've been just discussing like charging like around this area cuz he lives over where we work um which is very close to here and Figuring out like what actually works, or asking questions. Like he had a question, like, "What do we do in this situation?" I was like, "I might know that actually, or I can ask my boss about that." Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. that's nice. <laughs> so only a couple situations, not directly yet, but hopefully soon. Yeah. Some places will be like, "Oh, we'd like to put in chargers with this with this build."
0: Yeah. So yeah. that'd be great experience.
3: It would be. It would be yeah. nice.
0: What about you, Tyler Boggs?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for asking. <laughs> so, my background is in user experience and human computer interaction uh, design and research, and also a little bit of strategy. I kind of do everything within the UX world. So, a lot of my work deals with the experiences that drivers or other users will experience, just in terms of like location maybe how the charger works, because there's so many different types of level 2 DC fast chargers, level 1s out there. So really just understanding location, if that works for the user, or if location's a bad part. Because there's some parking lots where they stuff you in the back corner, and then you have to walk a mile just to get to wherever the restaurant is, the Mm -hmm. store, wherever it is. But I study kind of like all aspects of that and just see, and then also ask the user as like, an inter- kind of like an interview, like, okay, what do you think of this? You know, is this a great location? What are the pros, what are the cons? Those sorts of things. But um, I feel like I would probably work more with the companies that implement the chargers and see how their apps or software works. <laughs> I know my phone just <laughs> <laughs> Um But, yeah, just kind of understanding the user and just making sure that location works for them, for the charger. And then also probably ask them if they use the mobile app like the ChargePoint app, mm-hmm. um, or EVgo, or Electrify America. But I'd probably work more so with the tech people <laughs> um, in understanding how they go about putting those in.
1: What are the biggest gaps or opportunities for improvement, we'll say, <laughs> in the <laughs> EV charging experience do you think needs filled right now? Like, what's the biggest one you think could, like, if you could change it instantly, it would improve things
2: a lot? There's too many apps out there, so to all those charging stations, there's too many apps <laughs> and too many companies. I think a lot of it too comes down to accessibility of the charger. Mm. There's some locations that we've yeah. run into before where if you have a wheelchair, you're not gonna be able to get to the charger itself, so that's gonna be a con for you, right? If you're trying to plug in because you can't get behind there, yeah. Um, and then I think too. I feel like there's so many variations of there's mobile apps to find a charger, you know, for that company. And then, or there's also times where the credit card reader is there and that's always broken. Yeah. You know, (laughs) most times it doesn't work. I feel like there's too many areas of improvements at the moment. I mean, most locations are pretty good. Like it's a nice like charge point. You just, you know, have your account. Use your RFID card or your phone, then right. it usually connects and whatnot. But I just feel like these companies that just rush the production of their mobile apps—that's fair, yeah. Because yeah. then I feel like there's a lot of communication problems. That seems to be the majority. I think is just making sure that you're communicating to the user how to use your mobile app, right? And then how to plug in, how to charge. Because there's some screens that don't even tell you what to do. Yeah. But then Electrify America is like, okay you plug in your car first, then you, you know, use your credit card, use mobile app and then charging. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if it's, hello, um, (laughs) I think if the, the experience is designed properly, then you shouldn't need to explain to users how to use the charging station Mm -hmm. or how to use an app or anything like that. Um, another comment I was going to ask too, um, Oh, on the site design aspect, you said about like accessibility and stuff. So I found out through my job that it varies by jurisdiction whether they require that or not. So like some some areas require you to install charging with like ADA compliance is like the main thing, but others do not. So like Mm -hmm. I think that's something. It's a very much a gray area because sometimes laws aren't even written or in place for EV charging station to say what the right thing to do is. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, you probably had some comments (laughs) on that. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, like,
3: so ADA is is very regulated, so that's something I literally have that hanging up on my cubicle at work as I have a little printout as, like, this is how you make those spaces, here are all of the dimensions of it. And that's something that is good and important to have, but it needs to be done for EV charging specifically. So (laughs) just to have, like, we don't even have, we have a whole detail sheet in AutoCAD to put on our drawings, and we don't have even one single sign that is similar to another sign for like E V charging. So there are just there's no standards at all yet that we are aware of. So either we are gonna have to make those standards and at least all of our drawings are gonna be same across the board, which is good, or some city is gonna have to do that, or some county, or something just has to be in place that is not at all yet. Mm-hmm. Which is a good starting point, but I <laughs>
0: I will say that that's one thing that like I think the EV industry is so like wild wild west at the moment Very like there's much just so. so many things that like still need to be regulated need to be reviewed and just accessibility and availability for every driver that's mm-hmm. going to pull up you know to a station needs to be addressed right because it's not it's not good like when you pull up to a station and it's like all the way, like you know you have the um, the curb and then it's like five feet back
1: yep how are people going to reach that like if they
0: can't get to it so yeah to me it just I think it needs to be reviewed so definitely
1: yeah and it's it's hard because there's so and I hope we get to a point where the vehicles are more standardized too because the the vehicles very much like influence the charging stations we're putting in and vice versa I guess too because like we see a lot of stations going in like it's kind of a Tangent, but like the Tesla conversation, if they're going to open up their charging network, which it sounds like they're going to, and start adding CCS, it's like, well, how do you accommodate all these other vehicles that are different sizes? They have charge Mm -hmm. ports in different locations. There's a lot of different considerations. And with a charging site, you have to be able to accommodate all kinds of vehicles. Like, you're not just going to have Teslas pulling up. You're going to have ID4s. You're going to have Ford trucks. You might have, like, a big Rivian van pull up. Like, there's all kinds of different cars out there and trucks.
3: Well, I was going to say, even with... Because it's it's a different... You're not just parking there to park and then go in a place. Like, you're parking there so that you can get out of your car, you can plug your car in, and you have to... Just the simple act of walking around to your car... And that there's extra equipment there when you're not just, like, you're getting out and going somewhere. There's extra stuff there that you need to be able to maneuver yourself around and plug Mm -hmm. something in, even if you're not in a wheelchair or some other sort of mobility device. It's just it needs to be basically it all it is is it just needs to be a wider parking space and then you just you just have to have little walkways between. It's yeah. not hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, have yeah. you seen a Costco parking lot? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's a They have example. very wide spaces yeah. Yeah. because they have all the carts, and it's like it's honestly a really good accessibility example because mm-hmm. their parking lots are very nice. They're very easy to maneuver. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but if you had like something like that at all of your charging stations, regardless of what charging station it is, you wouldn't have to worry about. Can I actually park here to get everything around and all of that kind of stuff? So, again, different standards need to be put in place.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, we witnessed that today when we plugged in our Model 3, like, the charge port's on the other side. And where we parked, we had to drag it over, like, pretty much over the trunk lid. Yeah. And then plug it in. And even then, the cable was, like, bent at a weird angle. It's so awkward, too. Yeah.
3: like just pick up and like put it in there and then like make sure that it's in and not being dragged back. Cause it doesn't like stay in that one place. It's mm-hmm. not locked in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The functionality behind it all, I still think needs to be like heavily like analyzed and then improved upon. Right. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I've mentioned that in so many episodes of living electric, like there's just so such room for improvement. Definitely. <laughs>
1: definitely. Well, I'm hoping we see it kind of take the same progression that like, just technology in general has is like the first version of a lot of stuff like sucks like it's just not good <laughs> like sometimes the technology is cool and the, like maybe it has some cool features but then like it gets really good after a few years like i always compare things to like the iphone or like smartphones in general like the early smartphones were awful the touchscreens were bad <laughs> some of them had to have styluses which like didn't work very well and Not till like the iPhone came out, and even the first iPhone wasn't that great. Like the first iPhone didn't even have apps on it. Like, (laughs) like some of the stuff was really bad when it came out, but it was still like a marketable improvement over what was existing. And it's continued to get even better and better. And now like everybody has a smartphone. Like even the non iPhones are pretty good, even Mm -hmm. though Brandon might not agree. But, (laughs) 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 but yeah, I think we're getting there. It's just like we. I think. Did the stats come out recently that we're getting close to, like, the 5% of new vehicles are, mm-hmm. are EVs? Which, like, I think that's the point where things become, like, popular. And people start at, like, you hit that S-curve where you're really, yeah. like, it's really picking up.
0: So Yeah, I think it was just the first quarter of the year it hit 4% of okay. like, cars sold it's EVs. Awesome. So I can only imagine what Q, you know, quarter two is going to be like once we right. see those numbers. Especially with gas prices just being insane. Like, yeah. People are Definitely. going electric. Definitely. Yeah. So I do have a question for you guys. So now that like you guys have been like living with an electric car for like a few years now and like getting the true ownership experience, what, what's one good thing you've witnessed with driving an electric vehicle and what's one bad thing you've witnessed and how would you improve that?
3: Those are good questions. I could have been a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always had secondhand vehicles, which I, I mean, I liked having my truck. I like my SUV. I don't like paying for it (laughs) in any sense though like not just the gas prices the maintenance Mm -hmm. it's a lot so even just with driving like his car to work every day that's basically the only time that I drive it because we don't take my car (laughs) um I just like how much how little work there is into it like if you want to make it nicer you can make it nicer as for all cars but if you don't, you don't really have to do anything else to it. Be like, oh, nothing. <laughs> like, I don't have to go get the oil change. I don't have to worry about the little sticker at the top of my car that's looking <laughs> me in the face right now on my car. <laughs> I don't have to go get gas for it because we can charge at home. Or especially in Columbus, though, it's like we can go charge. If I go get groceries, I can go charge. If I go to work, there's a bank right down the street I can go charge at that I can walk back to work for. <laughs> there are so many... It's so much easier to maintain it, like, in every sense of the word in my experience so far. So uh, it's one of my favorite parts, honestly. I don't I don't deal with any downsides, personally. <laughs> I think the only part is just dealing with, like, knowing where you need to stop, and that's not necessarily bad. It's just a different mindset than what you're used to with mm-hmm. a gas vehicle. Because if I need to get gas and I didn't do it, last night then I have to go do it in the morning but that's fine because I know where the gas stations are but I have to plan trips but he plans them so it's not a big deal <laughs> but you have to plan trips when you have an EV but that's you just have to think about it slightly more in advance it's not really and once you do it it's something like that becomes like more routine easier for you to do so. mm-hmm. there's my good and bad
2: <laughs> um I would say for me the good. I like fueling up at home, just yeah, plugging it into our level two in the side of our house, and in the morning you have your, you know, tank, your mm-hmm. battery full of full of charge. It's so convenient not to have to go to a gas station anymore. Um, kind of same thing as Mallory. I sometimes I miss my old gas cars, like my old sports cars. Yeah, but I hated putting gas and spending the money for gas maintenance every single year I hated that
3: so my grandma is my icon because she's never pumped gas in her life (laughs) I was like I aspire I hate getting gas it's made me realize more too I was like gas stations suck they're creepy and I hate them (laughs) I know I know yeah but but I was like well I mean now I can become my grandma if I get an electric truck or any electric vehicle I don't have to pump gas ever again in my life and it'll be amazing (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I would say, for me, there's kind of like two, like, to me, they're minor bad things.
0: I said one bad thing. I'm just kidding.
2: Hey, they're two they're <laughs> they're, they're small ones, okay? Two small ones equal one, one, one big one. Yeah, it's <laughs> a half one. one. Um, like, similar to Mallory, you have to have a different, at first, but now I'm used to it. At first, you have to have a different mindset of where you can find charters. And there's lots of apps to help you out you know, like chargeway and plug share and etc. And you just have to change your mind a little bit of where to find your next fueling station. Mm -hmm. My other little minor bad thing is this just me, but there's not enough affordable electric cars that can go two hundred and fifty miles. Now you have like the Chevy Bolt is a perfect example of a thirty thousand dollar, you know, two hundred and fifty mile EV. But we need more of those. Right. You know, it's like not everyone will be, you know, as fortunate to have a Tesla or a Rivian or even a Lightning. What you know, even a base Lightning mm-hmm. is fifty thousand. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's just the other thing is I really hope that as technology advances, we see those twenty to thirty thousand dollar EVs everywhere because right. it's more affordable for everybody else. Because I feel very very lucky that we're able to have. Well, we have a second car on the way, but it just we feel so lucky to have that. You know, and I, I know not a lot of people can do that, um, but I'm like, I just want a small twenty thousand dollar electric car that gets me around town and that's it. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, some and then just have our long range EV for trips. Mm-hmm. Right, but that's just like a minor thing that I know will come with time. We'll see the cost come down for cars.
1: Right, we're actually both. I mean, we just got your SUV back, but we're both, um, as couples, down to one car right now. So yep. what's it been like living with one car? Like, does it been... I, both of you work remote, I guess, so it's probably not as bad, but what have... Have there been some struggles with living just with one car right now, since um. you're waiting for your next one? <laughs>
0: I mean, that's, that's a good question. Like I'm trying to like wrap my head around like some examples. (laughs) I I think the the biggest hurdle is that like if Tyler or myself went somewhere and one person was staying at home, like if there was ever like an emergency, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like out of luck, you know, like you kind of have to figure that out. Obviously, you just pray that that never happens. Yeah, but um, it hasn't been. I don't think it's been too bad. We haven't really witnessed anything like terrible. Like Tyler okay. will go grocery shopping, I'll stay home. Or <laughs> most of the time, we go everywhere together. Yeah. So like, it hasn't been too bad. Right. But I think it makes it easier that we both work from home yeah. and that the car's always there mm-hmm. if we if we need it. So yeah. yeah. What about you guys?
1: I was going to say it's the only time it's been a struggle is because I work remote. Mallory works. At her office um so she has to go into work every day and for the most part i am just here working from home but there's some days where i'm either traveling or i am uh have to run errands during the day i have a doctor's appointment or something like that and it's like so then i've either my options are either taking you to work in the morning with my car having my car for the day and then driving to pick you up which like takes close to two hours out of my day, the twenty plus minutes there, twenty minutes back, and then doing it again in the afternoon. So takes time out of my day, but then I have the car, so it's kind of a trade off and I have to get up earlier too, which I'm not a fan of. So (laughs) (laughs) that's what
3: that's what coffee's for. I don't I so I get up and I get around like an hour beforehand and then I wake him up like ten minutes before we need to leave. (laughs) And that's early. for context what,
0: what time is that typically at?
3: i wake up at seven oh, so he's getting up at eight like it's, that's, that's not its funny. not too early i know
0: we're typically not up at like five five thirty but yeah. that's because the dogs are you know so like that's say. why when it was kind of nice to get away to like sleep in without <laughs> having to get up and get the dogs
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah we got to train our cats better to to i mean they're trained pretty well they don't wake us up to like what seven thirty usually or seven usually 6.30? Six, oh, okay. Yeah. I sleep through everything, so <laughs> I don't notice them in the morning. But, but, yeah, that's really been the only thing is, like, if if I need the car, then I've got to take her to work or, like, I went to Detroit a few weeks ago and had to take my car and she had to, like, find somebody to drive her to work. So, like, that can be kind of a struggle. But I did just get an e-bike, so I've got some videos coming to the channel with the e-bike soon, and that'll kind of be our second vehicle right now. We do get your SUV back, but I have a feeling that's probably not going to be driven hardly at all, Um, because most stuff is within biking distance in Columbus, so I can take the bike, and it's got, like, a, I think, max of, like, 60-mile range, so, like, I could get across town (laughs) if I needed to, but... We'll see what it's like.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Say, unless we're, like, picking up furniture at Ikea or something, we're not using my car. <laughs> You're not going to use the
0: bike for Ikea rides or trips?
3: <laughs> maybe if you get, like, a little, like, bag of gummies. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm not picking up a Kallax dresser or something.
1: <laughs> I guess uh, maybe, like, Dream EV. we can wrap up with that. So, like, if you could... Sh- Either an EV that's out right now, or if you could design your own, like what kind of features would it have? What would it look like? All that kind of stuff.
2: I think there's not a car out currently besides our Mini that's coming in that I am so excited about. Our Mini Cooper Electric. Um, it's going to be so cute. <laughs> I am so. We'll have to bring it down. We will bring it down because it's going to be so cute. Um, oh. We are naming our Mini Cooper, which is going to be British Racing Green. So I want a green. It's going to be Mindy the Mini. Mindy the Mini. <laughs> Mindy the mini. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say it's going to be, you should make it mint green. <laughs> oh, that would look cool. Mean that cool. White yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Mindy the mint green Mini Cooper. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, nothing is out now, but I know there's a lot of speculation for Mazda to come out with a Miata electric within the next five to eight years that right there is my dream car I like small little sports cars as long as it has at least 150 miles of range and a decent you know DC fast charging curve that's all I would care for and then Brandon will have his Rivian and we can just use that for everything else.
3: It's a runoff. That's a runoff. It's a runoff. <laughs> um, I would say mine's probably just going to be the Ford Lightning. Because I guess that my first car was a truck. And it made me feel a little bit superior. Uh <laughs> it's a power thing, right? <laughs> it is a power thing. <laughs> yeah, we said that last night. But I I just, I like being that high up. I like being in a truck. I grew up in a more rural area. Um, that was just the thing that you drove. But I I like it a lot. And it is it is really, it's just like, ah, oh, you see this truck that you love and enjoy? What if it was electric? It's just an added perk. <laughs> so I don't have any other like wish list items. I just want a <laughs> truck, honestly. <laughs> so... It comes in handy.
1: I was going to say, but you, there's been other electric trucks before the F-150, but the F-150 has been the only one you liked, right?
3: Yeah. Cause it looks like a normal truck.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it's real. And it's real. It's real. <laughs> That's true.
0: Yeah. Really? No the only, shade.
1: <laughs> the only electric trucks that are actually out right now are the Rivian and the F-150, right? And the Hummer, I guess. And the if Hummer. you count the Hummer. Yep.
0: Which. It's like huge. three times the price too. Yeah. So, well, maybe even four times. Right. Yeah so yeah
1: but yeah i think that wraps it up um brandon and tyler thanks so much for coming to town
0: thank mallory you guys for and, having us
1: yeah mallory and, mallory and tyler tyler mallory and tyler thank <laughs> you for joining the podcast um let us know if you want them back on or not either way
0: yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a poll yes or no yeah <laughs> answer below Tell me if, I say no.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't get an invite then you know the answer <laughs> that'll that'll do it for this episode thank you so much for watching and uh we'll talk to talk to you in the next episode bye <laughs> <laughs>
0: awkward wave, <laughs> <laughs> awkward wave. It's-